0: This is the podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to Green Pulse, a podcast series by The Straits Times where we analyse the beats of the changing environment from biodiversity conservation to climate change. This is Audrey Tan and my guest today is Mr Edward De Silva, Chairman of the Public Hygiene Council. Welcome to the show, Edward.
1: Hi Audrey, it's nice to see you again after such a long time and I'm glad that we could have this conversation.
0: So Edward, you are the chairman of the Public Hygiene Council, but can you just start by giving our listeners an idea of what the Public Hygiene Council is and what it does?
1: The Public Hygiene Council was formed in 2011 as the extension of NEA's advocacy arm. And since then, we have come a long way. We have now have a full council of 24 members. Our main role now is mainly advocacy to our Singapore citizens and corporate organisations, schools and community at large.
0: So before we go into detail about why we need advocacy work for public hygiene, which should be part, you know, of our DNA as responsible citizens, uh, maybe you can just give us a bit of a background. So as chairman of PHC, give us a scorecard for Singapore's current state of public hygiene at, for example, a hawker centre.
1: Okay, if I can just belabor, uh, give a background on why there's this need for advocacy, uh, is that the late founding Prime Minister Lee Kuan Yew kicked off Keep Singapore Clean back in 1968, and his vision was to make Singapore a clean city. Uh, Fast forward now, somewhere along the lines, along the way, we seem to have lost that discipline. And so now, we are now trying to revive and reactivate this Keep Singapore Clean through advocacy. And to answer your question now, on a scorecard of, say, on a scale of 10, I would say overall cleanliness in Hawker centres would be about three or four. There's much to be desired and still a long way more to go.
0: Okay, yeah, three to four is quite a low score, but yeah. I think many people who have actually been to a hawker centre here would be able to agree with you on that mm-hmm. count. Because, you know, people still don't yes, return okay. their trees and everything. But beyond hawker centres, what about things like Singapore streets in housing estates? What is your impression on a scale of 10?
1: I, again, I think maybe we, we can't use a blanket description, but we can say that streets like Orchard Road and within the CBD, slightly cleaner and those out in the heartlands. Why? I don't know why, but I think basically the people along, walking along the streets, uh, road, tend to be a bit more mindful and more conscious of keeping it clean. Uh, in the heartlands, sometimes there is this tendency just to throw your tissue paper, your sugar box on the roadside uh, without thinking of the consequences. You know, So I think there's a difference in mindsets la, for those uh, working or in the CBD or those staying in the hardlands.
0: Does this also extend to things like public restrooms?
1: Oh no, this is a very (laughs) sensitive uh, issue here. For many years, I think we've been wrestling with this issue about how we could keep public toilets clean as compared to, they say, the private organisations in shopping malls and the rest. I think because mainly they'd be in the hawker centres, it is the management of the operator that are tasked to ensure that it is clean. But somewhere along the line, because of the mindsets of those using these hawker centers, for one of a better English word, is like ball chap. <laughs> so what if it's not so clean as what I see at the airport, for example? You know, the airport is of a high standard or a shopping mall, one of those high-end shopping malls. For them, it doesn't matter. You know, I just want to go there and have a pee and then that's it. So none of them really care about whether toilets are five star standard or not.
0: So so far you have painted quite a bleak picture of yes. the public hygiene standards. <laughs> not, that bad, not that bad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but around the world, Singapore has a reputation for being a clean city. So mm-hmm. like among tourists, for example, on tourist blogs or things like Trip Advisor, people have always remarked about how clean Singapore is. So in your opinion, <laughs> do you think we are deserving of that reputation?
1: On the surface, yes, Singapore is a clean city beneath the surface, we are a cleaned city, as what my former chairman said. And I think not many people know, but uh, maybe because we have an army of cleaners cleaning up our city and our roadsides and our heartlands. 58,000 if I'm not wrong at this point in time cleaners. And I think this is where, at this point in time in, of our journey, we've, we wanted to re-look at this. How can our citizens and Singaporeans and residents step up to help us make Singapore a clean city and not a clean city in, in the future?
0: So the issue of public hygiene and the need to clean up after ourselves in public has been an issue that we have been focusing on for years. But right now, because of the outbreak of COVID-19, we mm-hmm. have seen renewed discussions in this area. So do you think that this would be a turning point for Singaporeans to actually be more conscious about cleaning up after themselves?
1: Audrey, I think you raised a very, very pertinent question an issue that Public Hygiene Council has been grappling with all these years and how to inculcate or instil these good habits of personal hygiene or public hygiene. And I think COVID-19... It's timely in a way because it's given us looking at it as an opportunity to remind people of the uh, personal responsibility that each of them would have. So I think it's very timely that this has come in a looking from the positive side in a way. You know, uh, yes, it's caused some other inconveniences, and worse, but I think it has raised the consciousness and awareness. And hopefully many of the Singaporeans begin to realize that in time to come, that they should therefore maintain and sustain these hygiene standards that used to be in existence many years ago. (laughs) And I think if I can share with you, Audrey, that if you look back in the 60s, 70s and 80s, many of the older cohorts would remember that there were simple personal hygiene standards that were kept. But it seemed to have deteriorated. So, this is a good time to bring them back now.
0: So, after the COVID 19 outbreak, the Inter Ministerial Task Force has announced that they're going to launch a new SG Clean Task Force that aims to raise hygiene standards across the nation. So after the announcement uh, was made, a couple of colleagues and I went to various hawker centres around Singapore and we did observe a change in behaviour before people started having their meals. Mm. So we noticed them taking out hand sanitizers to clean <laughs> the tables, yes, okay, yes. but this did not seem to change their behaviour after, after their meals. Them, yes. So we wrote an article on that and following that, I received some emails from readers that said, oh, sometimes it's because of a lack of infrastructure around For example, not enough bins or not visible enough tray return racks. Do you think that this is a big part of the problem, the lack of infrastructure?
1: This is another area which Public Hygiene Council has been uh, grappling with. It's a challenge and I think I would probably like to mention some hard truths about this. And this is where I think it will be an area whereby not only government agencies, but the citizens and residents should come together and work together, including the operators as well. To come together and really look at it as part of an ecosystem, how to change the mindsets and to ensure that we be on a similar level as what the Japanese may be. I mean, they are known to be very clean and they take care, they have personal responsibilities. So I think coming back to the infrastructure, yes, we, we do have some physical constraints on the infrastructure. We need to look at how for the new hawker centers, for the new premises that are coming up that we put in place Proper tray return facilities, more visible and easy for any patron to return the trays. I think that's something which we will have to look at in the long term. Visibility and proximity is very important. I think the other area whereby we need to look at is the mindsets also of the cleaning operators. At this moment now, we have <laughs> cleaning operators who have the cleaners who are 60, 70 years old going around cleaning up. But that's another area which i like to highlight that in the years ahead, we may not have the luxury of having generous, I mean, the number of senior cleaners around. So I think Singaporeans should bear this in mind, that we need to be careful. We need to return trays so that cleaners of the future, their work, plan work will be easier and more efficient.
0: Now, if you like what you're hearing so far, do subscribe to our series Green Pulse on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or even on Spotify and like us and give us a rating. Now back to our conversation with Mr Edward De Silva, Chairman of the Public Hygiene Council on the State of Singapore's Cleanliness. Edward, earlier we were discussing about the state of public hygiene in hawker centres, and um, our Environment and Water Resources Minister Masagos Zulkifli has also spotlighted the state of cleanliness in hawker centres. And he earlier mentioned that even pieces of tissue paper can now be considered biohazards mm. because of the COVID nineteen situation. And also, we have seen many campaigns on public hygiene focused on hawker centres. So why do you think this is the case? Like, why is it that Singaporeans mm. behave so badly in hawker centres? <laughs>
1: Oh dear, this could be a sensitive question, but I think we probably need to face it We are in reality, for all these wild years again, the Public Hygiene Council has been politely saying that littering could lead to potential health hazards. And I think Minister Masagos has used the example of tissue paper as that could result in a biohazard. I think that's exactly what we've been saying all these years. Littering could also, for example, lead to breeding grounds for rats, for rodents, for cockroaches, and then in turn there will be potential health hazards when they go and eat the food. For example, leftovers. The same way with birds coming to leftover foods left on the tray on the tables. So all these things here, all these do potentially can give rise to a potential health hazards. So, we are very mindful that if we don't tackle that issue, I think we never know. That could be a health hazard that can crop up from this incident, you see. That's one area which the minister is totally concerned with, yes.
0: So, I guess also a lot of public hygiene campaigns have focused on hawker centres. Yeah. So, oh. why hawker centres?
1: When I analyse footfalls uh, or traffic, or you call it, whatever it is, I realised that the majority of Singaporeans would visit hawker centres in their daily lives. And hawker centres are all over the heartlands, basically. And I felt that we should therefore focus on hawker centres and help to educate in different ways for the heartlanders or Singaporeans staying to uh, acquire good hygiene, personal hygiene habits in a way. And at the same time, instill good habits to the hawkers and to everybody. Because the hawker centre is actually what you call the node where everybody gathers together. So I think that's how I felt we should start off that way. And then later on, we'll move on to the shopping malls and to the hotels and to other areas down the road.
0: Yeah, that's a very good point. So, I mean, following up from that, can you just share with us what the Public Hygiene Council has done over the years in terms of, you know, implementing No Cleaner Days or other kinds of public education outreach sessions?
1: I think just to recall, we have been implementing this Keep Singapore Clean every year and with a one-month-long campaign whereby we encourage all organizations, government, ministries, community, clubs, etc. to come and participate in this Keep Clean Singapore Day month. And I think that has worked very well. We have far more organizations coming forward. But I think we are trying to do this time around is to have one no cleaners day so as to give our residents and Singaporeans a feel that if we don't have cleaners, to what extent how bad is our littering? But unfortunately, because of the COVID-19, we have to postpone that. <laughs> so that's something which we will postpone to September so that we can reactivate that program. Other programs that we have been doing, we have done initiated what we call Bright Spots. An idea which I think Minister Masagos talked about. And so for a range, these Bright Spots, these are Bright Spots meaning these are down, very localized neighbourhoods. RCs or CCC level, at the level, whereby the residents are asked to come forward and to participate in litter picking. Very similar to the Taipei community volunteers that they have. So we have started off last year with 12 bright spots and this year we're going on to another 12 bright spots. So every year we, we will have more and more bright spots coming aboard and hopefully in time to come, this will be nationwide and that will be part of the long-term plans to instill this personal responsibility to our Singaporeans. So that's one major program. Then we also have another program that we also looked at. Maybe perhaps we should look at, for want of a better word, enlightening or promoting awareness to the parents of children who are in the primary, lower primary schools, so that they can also help and appreciate why this is important and help to train their children to be more civic conscious. So we are looking at that a program for this year to reach out to parents as well. We're waiting for MOE to give us the green light to go ahead.
0: I think the focus on behavioural changes is quite warranted. I mean, we have already put in place infrastructure. I mean, just now we're talking about infrastructure. And beyond that, there's going to be amendments to a legislation to enhance cleaning standards in other areas also. So Edward, what will it take for Singapore's cleanliness standards to reach that, like those in Japan?
1: Well, this has been a challenge for the Public Hygiene Council for many years. And I think with the new emphasis from SG Clean, I mean, there will still be the carrot and the stick approach. The stick approach would be penalties for serious offences. But at the same time, we're looking at the carrot approach, advocacy and to encourage Singaporeans to step up, to step forward and come and then practice civic conscious values in a way and to help educate their children as well down the road. But I think another area that we have also embarked on is uh, to conduct a behavioral science survey on why people are littering and why people are not returning their trace to analyze their minds in a manner of speaking. And then from that data and analytics, we can then use that data to see whether what levers we can pull for mandatory policies or what levers we can use to encourage Singaporeans to change their minds. So that's what they're thinking of doing down the road.
0: Yeah, sounds like a very interesting study and I'm also very curious about (laughs) what the findings will show.
1: Well, yeah, they will be interesting and I hope that we could continue with phase two uh, after all this COVID-19 has settled down.
0: Okay, well, I think that's a good note to end off on. So thank you, Edward, for joining us on our show today.
1: Thank you, Audrey, for inviting me for this and I look forward to a better public hygiene approach in the years ahead.
0: Yeah, me too. (laughs) That's a wrap for Green Pulse and we hope you enjoyed our discussion.